Welcome to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we answer the questions you ask about Metro Phoenix. I'm your host, Kayla White. For this episode, I wanted to look at a popular topic in every community, recycling. I recycle at my house in the Coronado Historic District in Midtown Phoenix, but I often doubt my methods. Like, do I have to soak the almond butter jar for 100 hours to get all of it out? And I'm not the only one with questions. When I started reporting for this episode, I found Tammy, who is very passionate about recycling. My name is Tammy Gable, and I live in Mesa. When I first moved to Arizona, I grew up in California, I moved to Yuma, and you couldn't recycle in Yuma at that time. And so I would I would take like bags full of bottles to my dad to recycle in California. A lot of the recycling from the United States is shipped overseas to be processed, but I'm curious about the path um, that our recycling here in the Valley takes once it's picked up from our home. Uh, where does it go to be sorted? Where does it go to be processed? What does it turn into? What does it come back as? In this episode, I'm going to walk you through what happens with residential single stream recycling, which is the fancy name for the fact that you get to dump all your recyclables together in one bin. Recycling for big items like tires or mattresses or composting of organic materials like yard clippings happens differently, but for today we're focusing on Tammy's question. What happens to recycling once it's picked up from our homes? Since I live in a house, I get to put my blue bins on the street, but I know people who live in apartments or condos in a lot of cities across the valley don't get to. Cities including Phoenix, Chandler, Surprise, and Avondale do not pick up recyclables from multifamily properties like apartment complexes. If that's the situation for you, it might help to know, if you didn't already, that some cities offer specific locations where you can drop off your recyclables. For example, the city of Phoenix has eight big blue roll-off containers called eco-stations in parking lots across the city for people to drop off recycling. What happens when the bins and eco-stations get picked up? To answer this question, I wanted to start the moment the recycling leaves our hands and hits the curb. So I wanted to talk with a truck driver who picks it up. Early one Friday morning, I went to a park in North Phoenix to meet a truck driver named Doris. Yes, we're at, um, it's Moon Valley uh, Park, and it's at 7th Avenue and Coral Gables, and it's a beautiful little park, and they're fixing my truck. <laughs> okay, I'm Doris Berg, and um, I drive for the city of Phoenix, a garbage truck. I'll be 17 years the end of April. I enjoy, you know, you get to wave at the people and 98% of them are friendly. <laughs> you get a few. But um, I just enjoy because you're, you're just out and you get to see the weather and you get to see people. And, and the kids, they love our garbage truck. I asked her if there's anything people do that just drives her nuts. When they have their cans really full of recycle and they don't spread the cans four feet apart, it is just because our arms are eight feet and it's just so it's just hard to grab a hold of the can without spilling it yeah and so it just flies everywhere then you have to get out and pick it all up and you gotta smile if there's people out there <laughs> doris and i said goodbye and then i continued on the path your recycling takes 
I drove even farther north to the North Gateway Transfer Station, which is on the very edge of Metro Phoenix. All of the trash and recycling in Phoenix either goes here or to another facility in South Phoenix to be processed. Recyclables go to the station's materials recovery facility, which is this huge warehouse slash industrial plant surrounded by desert. I went up to the second floor overlooking the whole facility to meet with the man who supervises the processing of all the recycling in Phoenix. Oh, uh, my name is Rick Peters. I'm the deputy director of public works over uh, disposal and diversion. So I'm responsible for uh, the two recycling centers that uh, Phoenix has. Truck drivers bring their full loads of recycling here and dump it on the ground in a covered open air warehouse. A constant stream of full trucks drives in, backs up and dumps milk jugs and cardboard boxes and loose papers onto the ground. Then a bulldozer pushes it into big piles, like a huge pile. We opened a window to watch. It's really loud. Okay, we normally are getting an inbound uh, of about 350 tons a day of, of single stream material here from, from collection trucks. They move the recycling onto conveyor belts that take it into the building where first it has to be sorted. You can see the whole process in one room. When I was visiting, they were working on paper. First, dozens of people pick bottles, cans, plastic bags, and other contaminants out of the piles and piles of paper flying by on conveyor belts. The paper travels along through scanners that sort it even more. And then at the end, boom, forklifts are moving around masses of paper compacted into bales, almost like hay. It's really cool. Once all the paper has been sorted, the facility cycles to working on a different recyclable, like metal. To break down that whole process, let's look at the journey of one single can of LaCroix. Well, it's, it's a quite a big journey for uh, an aluminum can, uh, but that's probably a good, a, good, a good one as any. But, you know, it'll start on the, the recycling tip floor, and um, which is where it comes right off the trucks, and it'll get dumped on the, the, the tip floor. There is a, an in-feed conveyor that the, the, a loader operator, basically, with a bucket loader, is pushing the material up a conveyor from the tip floor, and it goes, so that, that, that aluminum can rides up that conveyor, and then it has to pass through a cardboard screen, uh, which is first pulling off the cardboard, and, and then it, it'll get mechanically separated with the containers, and then that can will head, head down a conveyor belt to a certain part of the plant where the containers are being uh, focused on. And it'll eventually get its way around to the eddy current, which is, it'll pass all the sorters that are pulling off milk jugs and other types of things, but it'll pass them and then go to what's called an eddy current, which is a reverse magnet essentially, and it'll just work on, on um, aluminum, and once it gets there, it'll be ejected into a bunker, and then that bunker, when it's full of aluminum, it'll be scheduled and run to the baler and produced into a cube of aluminum. And that cube of aluminum will weigh about 1,800 pounds, and when you have about 34 of them, you've got enough for a full load. The department said recyclable aluminum is worth about $1,100 per ton, so a 22-ton load would be worth about $24,000. So certain, sometimes they'll be shipping to um, Anheuser-Busch, uh, which would buy the aluminum cans. It just depends on uh, the various, uh, whichever mills offering the best price for the aluminum that, in a particular month. 
Bales of recycling are sold and shipped to companies or countries that will make them into something new. A lot of the nation's recycling goes overseas. For two decades, almost half of the world's plastics processed for recycling have been exported to China. But in 2017, China changed what it would accept in terms of recycling. Now, some smaller cities and towns are struggling to sell their recycling, in part because now it needs to be cleaner than before. Phoenix is a little different. The city produces 11 commodities to sell, such as aluminum or cardboard. Nearly three quarters of the recyclables sold from the North Gateway Transfer Station go to recycling mills within the U.S. The only one they export is newspaper mix, and that goes to Korea or Vietnam. But still, if you want to make sure your recycling actually gets recycled, it's important to do it right. So I wanted to get information on how we can all be better recyclers. Yeah, my name is Lucas Mariocker. I'm the City of Phoenix's Zero Waste Coordinator. Lucas knows everything about what is and isn't recyclable in Phoenix. Most residential recycling programs accept four categories of recyclables, paper, plastics, glass, and metal. And in each category, they want pretty specific items. First, there's paper. All we really want is newspapers, magazines, um, copy paper, um, and, and even, you know, junk mail, stuff like that. And we can take envelopes and you can leave the, the actually the little plastic window in there. That's fine. Um, you don't have to remove the staples either. Second are your plastics. We're looking for 3D or rigid hard plastics. We don't want any soft plastics. I would define soft plastic as grocery bags, film wrap, shrink wrap, bubble wrap. Um, we don't want any of that. All that stuff is not recyclable here. Uh, we're looking for bottles, um, containers, jars, and jugs. So laundry detergent containers, milk jugs, um, plastic water bottles. Third is metal. And then metals would be aluminum cans, tin cans, even foil, as long as it's clean and dry, free of food. Did you remember the fourth category? It's okay, we're going pretty fast. It's glass. And then lastly, glass. So glass bottles and jars, that's it. We don't want any windows, um, mirrors, ceramics, just the glass bottles and jars. Um, caps can stay on the plastic bottles and caps come off the glass. I asked him what the number one thing is that he wishes everyone knew they couldn't recycle and he knew his answer right away. Plastic bags. Here's why. There's one piece of equipment called a disc screen or a star screen. And the plastic bags get wrapped up around those screens, and they actually shut down these facilities a couple times a day to cut those out. So it costs the city time and money. You actually can take your big bundle of used plastic bags back to certain stores like Target, Walmart, and Safeway, and they will recycle them for you. Oh, and here's another thing you shouldn't put in your recycling bin. Um, any sort of batteries, lithium-ion batteries are huge problems right now because they're causing fires in these type of facilities all across the country. He also said propane tanks are a problem. See, everything that goes through the facility gets compacted, and when you crush a propane tank, it explodes. It's really dangerous for the workers, so no propane tanks. Oh, and remember how I was wondering about my almond butter jar? All we ask is a quick, quick rinse, so um, our main message is clean, dry, and empty, so as long as uh, bottles are clean, dry, and empty, they're recyclable. Um, we don't ask for someone to sit there for 30 minutes and scrub out a peanut butter jar. We just ask that all the peanut butter is out of there. Lucas was full of fun facts, like this one. Anything smaller than two and a half inches in diameter falls through the cracks at the facility. So if you have a receipt, maybe throw it in a magazine, um, make sure it gets recycled, all because the small stuff usually doesn't make it. That's why we ask to put caps back on bottles, too. I asked how much of what they receive actually ends up being recycled. 
Um, we're usually recycling about 75-80% of the stuff that comes through here. Most of the other stuff isn't recyclable, so unfortunately it's stuff that people put in the bin that they thought was recyclable, but it's really not. So it's like those plastic bags, the garden hoses. People unfortunately put diapers in the bin, so those are the things that aren't recyclable that you know we still actually sort through. So this is something else you have to understand and the residents have to understand. Anything that's put in the bin will get sorted by a human or a machine. Please. Do not try to recycle dirty diapers. There are real people who have to grab those off the conveyor belt and throw them away for you. And just to clarify, of what they get that is recyclable, the facility is certified to recover a full 95% of that. I know I'm not answering every question about what you can't recycle. It's a long list. But you can go to phoenix.gov recycle, and they have a database where you can search for hundreds of items and see what you're supposed to do with them. And in case you're thinking, this is all cool, but I don't live in Phoenix. I live in Chandler or Peoria. Don't worry. Actually, the program here, which is good news for everyone listening, is that it is very similar to most other cities. The only difference that I know of off the top of my head it would be Glendale. So Glendale doesn't accept glass in their curbside program. But every other city, all of these cities accept very similar materials. A lot of cities in the Valley work with the same companies to process their recycling, not to mention they all sell to a lot of the same buyers, which means their programs will all be pretty similar. So there you have it. That's what happens to your home's recycling. you learned as much as I did in this episode. I know I am much more appreciative of the whole process. After visiting the materials recovery facility, I realized that just because something is by definition recyclable doesn't mean the facility is equipped to recycle it. Like, take Lucas's point that plastic caps need to be screwed onto plastic bottles because otherwise they fall through the conveyor belt cracks. It's silly, but that blew my mind. Or just because something literally is made of metal doesn't mean the facility system that's designed to process food and drink cans can handle like a big piece of machinery or scrap metal. Now when I toss something in the recycling bin, I imagine the worker in the facility who has to scan my batch of recycling in a flash. Am I helping them? That's my new bar. What about you? Were you surprised or have you always been a pro at this? Let us know on Twitter at Valley101Pod. And if you have more questions on recycling, please submit them at valley101podcast.azcentral.com. Thank you so much for listening to Valley 101, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We're getting a few episodes into it now, and I hope you're liking it. If you do, which I'm going to assume you might since we're here at the end of the episode, please subscribe and rate Valley 101 on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and tell your friends, your coworkers, your mom to please listen. All right, that's it for today. New episodes post on Mondays. See you next week.